How does it feel? To what? To have finally reached the pinnacle that we've always wanted. Which is? Exactly. We're 50-year-old witches. <laughs> we've finally made it. No, 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 no. We are irrelevant 50-year-old witches. Um, Don't forget the irrelevance. a compliment. <laughs> I am... I am okay with that. I am flattered. And I will absolutely own that. This is not an insult. This is 100% not an insult. Especially when it comes from some fucking dude on Facebook. Yeah, some turd burglar Misfits fan. <laughs> yeah. Who's just like, you're irrelevant. I can't even remember the word. <laughs> irrelevant. Irrelevant 50-year-old witches. And I'm like, wow. That's a, that's a compliment. That might actually be the nicest thing anyone's ever said yeah. to us. Definitely. I'm 100%. That is, that is worth more than a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's, that's going on my business card. <laughs> Maggie Noel. Irrelevant 50-year-old witch. <laughs> I did it. Ladies Perfect. and gentlemen, welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Your source for irrelevant 50-year-old witches. Yeah, we fucking did it. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you want to stick around, also your source for random creepy spoopy tales from the world of music and also calling out people when they deserve to be called out i mean because they do that's what we do and if you don't like it you don't have to stay yeah that's fine yeah you do you you live your life yeah and uh i am one of the 50 year old witch hosts maggie (laughs) and i'm ashley and yes it is our favorite time of the year or one of our favorite episodes to do through the year absolutely our spoopy halloween playlist episode yay where we get to tell you about some of our favorite halloween songs yes or halloween adjacent because some of these i feel like i personally am stretching but (laughs) (laughs) i think mine in general can definitely be used for are definitely kind of halloweeny songs yeah i mean i can turn them into halloween songs they're still going on the fucking spotify playlist and i don't give a fuck yeah i mean i think it's also that we eat sleep and breathe halloween 365 yeah so yeah we're gonna as long as it doesn't have glitter on it i eat sleep and breathe halloween i still will eat i'll lick the glitter right off i don't even care no i'm not too good for glitter for halloween i am i'm sorry i definitely like Exposing our fans and friends and kids at home mm-hmm. to the potential that a lot of songs have to be on your Halloween playlist. Right. And some of you don't even think that they should be. Like, I remember back to our first Halloween playlist episode, I put sweating bullets on it. And everyone was like, hey. Yeah, I was really. About that. My mind was blown. I Definitely blew- made my Halloween playlist that year. Splooged your mind a it little bit. It splooged my mind a lot. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, yes. Splooge. Tastic. Oh, splooge season. I don't know. Nope. Because horny season's over. Now we're at spooky season. Yeah. Now it's Hobbit Girl Autumn. Oh, yeah. I'm too tall to be a hobbit, but I don't give a fuck. I'm not. I know. I'm jealous. <laughs> Neither is dancing. Don't be. <laughs> yeah, dancing is a hobbit too, so mm. yeah. yeah. Speaking of hobbits, let's uh talk about this beer we're drinking. <laughs> Great segue. Yo, hobbits love to drink. They do. Especially when it comes in pints. So that is it comes a point. In pints. That it's is a point. It's a point. It comes oh in God. pints. I'm getting one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, actually. 
Uh, for best cascade, pour fast directly into pint glass, which is what I did. You did. So turns out it. I fucking did it. You nailed that nitro. I did. Oh, yeah, it is a nitro. Derp. Anyway, so uh, once again from Empire, because Ashley got a butt ton of these because they have the fuck a whole I- black magic series. Where? How am I not supposed to get them all? Got a black magic stamp. <laughs> got a black magic stamp. Another great song for a Halloween playlist. But I assume everyone knows that. They should. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you. Fleetwood Mac version and Santana version. Yeah. Put both on there. They're great. Yeah. Good times. Anyway. Yes, from Empire Booing, uh, we've got Black Magic Nitro Stout. And yeah, it's exactly what it says. Is. It's a Nitro Stout. What I appreciate a lot about it, besides the beautiful fucking can yeah. that's full of Black Magic shit, is uh, the fact that it's only 4.5, so I can just drink this whole thing and not feel anything, which is great because I'm getting to this point in my life where I just want to drink because I enjoy drinking. Like, I enjoy the taste of, of beer and alcohol. So I really don't want like a fucking 10 percenter because I'm like, well, that's the only beer I'm drinking tonight because otherwise I'm throwing up. (laughs) Getting old is hard, kids. Meanwhile, my tolerance level is so high at this point that 4.5 won't even touch me. So there's no point in drinking it. Well, you drink meat all the time. I do. (laughs) I think there's, you know, I'm starting to realize there's a big difference between drinking like a high percentage beer and a mead. Mead is still smooth, even though it's like 15%. Whereas, like, a 9% beer can be a little, like... Oh, it's a lot. It's heavy. heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm uh, happy with this guy. Although, I will say, um, out of all the black... Or, out of all the nitro stouts that you brought back from Empire, this is the one I'm least impressed with. Oh, the pumpkin one is number one spot. Oh, yeah. That but Irish stout was really good, There was too. also an Irish stout that was quite tasty. Yeah, this is number three. It's still in the top three. Yeah. Well, I mean... Obviously, it has to be. <laughs> no, it is It is a really good, solid stout. Yeah. And it's very dark, but still smooth. Mm-hmm. They did a great job with it. I'm just saying, like, we've already had top. So when you come to here, you're like, mm, but I've already had the best. Yeah. Why am I going down? Yeah. Going we, down the slide right now. We started at the top, and now... We're here? We're here. Started but it's still great here. And now we're here. No, it's still, it's still, you know what? I'm still happy to be here. Yeah. Good job, Empire. You yeah. did good. You fucking did Thank it. Thank you for making our spoopy month. Hell extra yeah. I mean, pretty dark. much, yeah. Pretty much they made almost the entire spoopy month. So almost. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. And I think with that, we might as well kick it off because I know you said you're a little sparse on the notes, but I am heavy on the notes. Okay. So. That's fine. Yeah. So let's kick off our. Halloween special number four. You're you're going first, right? I am going to okay. go first. You go yes. first. You go. You, you go, go first. You go. You, I'll go first. You know what? I'll go first. So I'm going to kick off with a classic that I think um, some know of, but I think many don't. But also shows up on pretty much like every like definitive Halloween playlist. Any, any but, Halloween playlist worth its fucking salt. Right. And uh, deserves to be. Yeah. This isn't this ain't for you the the basic bitches out there. Mm-hmm. This is a tale woven <laughs> by a bunch of British white boys through time and space. Through time and space about a man who played Dracula classically. <laughs> Didn't he play Nosferatu also? Is it Nosferatu wrong? Dracula? I mean different people? No, I think Nosferatu is about Dracula. Is it? 
It's about a vampire <laughs> anyway. named Nosferatu. I don't fucking know. I've never <laughs> seen it. Play the fucking song. I don't know. <laughs> this is Bauhaus's Bella Lugosi's Dead. Bella Lugosi's Dead. Bella Lugosi's Dead. That's a long fucking song, <laughs> and it is very hard to find exactly what spot you want to start. But also, I I fully understand where the band she wants revenge is coming from now mm-hmm. because they sound they're they're kind of a ripoff of Bauhaus. I thought she wants revenge was Bauhaus. <laughs> I would I can see why you would years. <laughs> and then, like one day I was trying to find that one song that yep. everybody knows. Yeah. I want to tear you apart, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> You're tearing me apart. <laughs> and, um, I couldn't it's find it. It's just been Tommy Wiseau this whole time. Oh my god. She wants revenge is just Tommy Wiseau. Oh my god. I would be so happy if that were We did it. Real. We found the we found it out. But no, yes. They sound very similar because you know what? Rightfully so, she wants revenge is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip this off. Mm. Because Bauhaus isn't together anymore, so <laughs> I guess why not? Who's gonna know? They're never going to know. It's not that I didn't know. It's just I'm like, all right, I mean, I miss Bauhaus, so why not? Yeah. All right. Okay. But also, the greatest thing about this song is, yes, it is very long, hard to pick out a spot just to show y'all, and I I did a slight disservice by not giving you, like, the spoopy intro, but the spoopy intro is about two and a half minutes long. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I do kind of want to get to lyrics, because I don't imagine you want to listen to atmospheric sounds for that long. (laughs) But it is perfect for a party because it's long and it has movements. So it's perfect. I would highly suggest it. It sets a mood. It does. This is a good one to play in the beginning of the uh, thing, in the beginning of the Halloween party. Oh, yeah. When the lights are low. Lights are low. You got some flickering candles. People are starting to come in, drinking some booze. And it's like... You mean drinking some booze. Thank you. So not even a year into their creation, Bauhaus would record a demo that would contain their first single and the song that would jumpstart their career. The song truly came together from inspired collaboration. Bassist David J was working at his day job in a warehouse when lyrics began to spill out of his brain onto some delivery labels. They were about Mr. Lugosi, who he thought was the quintessential Dracula. Because of this, when guitarist Daniel Ash was explaining the riff he was working on with, like, some trick chords Mm -hmm. to his bandmate, David already had lyrics to put them to. So they brought what they had to rehearsal for singer Peter Murphy and drummer Kevin Haskins to look over. 
Peter could feel this song was meant to have a mysterious and alluring tone to it. Hmm. And for Kevin, he felt he could do best with some classic bossa nova beats that his teacher had shown him years ago. They went through the song just once and were in love with what they came up with. They felt as if they had fallen into a trance for about 10 minutes and once done, they all just looked at each other and agreed, we can't do this again until we record it. Like, Mm -hmm. don't touch it. They were afraid if they did anything else, it would ruin the great song that they just came up with. And they stuck to this decision. They got into a studio as soon as they could to cut themselves a demo. Again, playing straight through for nearly 10 minutes, the song was still everything they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Nothing was changed. But... I think, as we know in this show, good luck getting any label to sign you with a song that long. Yeah. And that, like, not monotone. I mean, it was like 79, so it was at the post-punk, like when post-punk was oh, wow. really taking it was off. Ma- wow, it was released that early? Yeah, 79, Yeah. Didn't so know that. It, it was at the point where they're like, we're looking for post-punk, but fuck, man, 10 minutes? Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, punk is literally like two and a half minutes tops. If you're lucky. Yeah. (laughs) They shopped around to everyone, and the only person who was interested was Pete Stennett from Small Wonder Records. He didn't care how long it was. He loved every minute. After they did a quick pressing of 5,000, for some reason, on white vinyl. Sure. Why not? Looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Bauhaus went to the BBC. They were just driving back and like, fuck it, let's stop at the BBC. They waltzed up to the desk saying they were friends with the DJ John Peel. So they let the boys up. <laughs> they and- were like, my name is Chaz Darby. And I've got a couple <laughs> of friends in a pool cleaning van out back. Um, you need to play this or else I'm going to shoot <laughs> up this place like- with hot sauce and fake guns. <laughs> that's that's where the Also, came I from. need cottage cheese and a football helmet and naked pictures of b author <laughs> i mean where do you think airheads got their idea it's, from it must have been this <laughs> well no instead this time around they actually just let the boys up and they handed john peel the record asking him to play it upon seeing its runtime, he stated on air it would probably be the first and last time he'd play it oh whatever except it blew up Listeners called in for hours after that just to hear it again. It was just like those guys. Like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> oh my God, this is so again? good. Can you do that? I mean, oh, thank, thanks. Oh, dial, ghost dial, is dial, dead. Dial. Can you do that again? The rotary phone. Hi, can you play this song by like, I think it's called Bauhaus and something about Bella Lugosi. Okay, thanks. So good. Bye. Thanks. Bye. And then it's not even a ring. It's like a boop, boop. Because it's Europe. Yes. (laughs) And the 70s. Yes. But it was with this spoopy OG goth post-punk tune that Bauhaus put themselves on the map. Good for them. And that's the story of Bela Lugosi's dad. He just, like, David just wrote it and was like, I like Bela Lugosi. That was it. But also, like, spoilers. He's dead. Like, I don't think he was dead then. Wait, I didn't. Fuck, I forgot to check. <laughs> I don't know if he was. I fucking forgot he to check. He is now if he wasn't then. Oh, he is definitely dead. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's my story. Classic. I'm sticking to it. Classic, post-punk, British Halloween. story, and that shit doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real terror. Yeah. Truth. All right. Well, 
let's go let's go to my first one yeah yeah so my first one is actually a cover it of, is of an older song so this is season of the witch by joan jett that it's strange so song yeah it's a good cover i think so honestly i'm so donovan originally did this song yeah in 1966 and um i don't really like the original i don't really like donovan very much i don't have any opinion on donovan yeah donovan's like air it's like it's just they're there (laughs) he exists they exist they're there yeah wait is donovan one guy or is it a band one guy I always thought Donovan was a band. No, one guy. Well, you've blown my mind. Hmm. That's it for the tonight, kids. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> yeah, so this was originally released in 1966 by Scottish folk singer Donovan and his writing partner, Sean Phillips. We've had that talk before, haven't we? I don't think so. All right. Anyway, please keep going. I mentioned him in our Buffy St. Marie episode. I feel like, like we had that same discussion where I thought Donovan was a band. Maybe. Probably. Could have been in that episode. Um, But yeah, Donovan, if you don't know who he is, he is most well known for doing the song Mellow Yellow. I always thought Donovan was better known for this. Quite right. (laughs) I thought he was probably more about Mellow Yellow because it was in one. It was in a fucking commercial. Was um, Was it in a Gap commercial? I thought it was in a soda commercial. For like yellow well, there, soda. There is a soda called Mellow Yellow. I swear. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. During the time of the song's development, Donovan was going through a style change. The transition from folk music to whatever he was trying to do <laughs> led to some of the first psychedelic music ever created. All right. Worth so it. So this worth was it. one of the first like very well-known psychedelic rock songs. Yeah. He was on a lot of LSD at the time. Who wasn't? And shortly after this was released, his apartment or his house got raided and he got arrested for possession of the marijuana. Donovan, don't let the man keep you down. Mm. That's bullshit. Although they are not credited on this song, it's pretty well suspected that future Led Zeppelin members Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones played on the original Donovan track. Oh, shit. At the time, they were in-demand session musicians and mm-hmm. also played on other Donovan recordings. So there's a big possibility the original track had them on it. And TBH, like, the the guitars on that shit, pretty fucking, like, perfect. Pretty Jimmy Page. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pagey. 
As for Joan Jett's version, it was recorded for her 2004 Japanese release only album, Naked. And it's pretty fucking badass. I didn't. I forgot about that album anyway. I don't think I ever knew about it. I don't know. I might have skipped over that in our Joan Joan Jett episode. I don't remember. Honestly, I feel like whenever we get to the 2000s with most things, it's like, uh, we don't want to talk about the 2000s. We lived through it and it wasn't the best time. Especially with musicians that have been active since the 60s and 70s. Like, at that point, they're just kind of living out their, like, best lives, just chilling making music not yeah. doing a whole lot of anything yeah because they so had to take a, a backseat whole... to new metal and like <laughs> they had to make way for lincoln park and slipknot Black and, Eyed and head from corn and like <laughs> and you promised me head from corn and we got it and <laughs> joan jett kind of just had to be like all right here you go yeah it's not my time i'll be back it's head from corn's time <laughs> but as far as we know this song contains one of the only references to knitting in a rock and roll song. Huh. You've got to pick up every stitch. It's knitting. I didn't know that. I yeah. had no idea what the fuck that meant. I'm like, yeah, pick up every stitch. What does that mean? I was like, is that like a curse or some shit? I don't know. No, it's just Just knitting. a reference to knitting. Because why not? So like, being a 50-year-old witch is pretty much the best thing ever. Yeah. All right. I'm here for it. Speaking of witches, my next song is by Redbone called The Witch Queen of New Orleans. Ooh. Sounds fancy. Sticking with a theme. I'm gonna tell you a story Strangers in my sea Of zombie voodoo greedy And the witch queen of New Orleans She lived in guys spoopy lady so i feel silly why because i didn't realize okay so Redbone is typically known for the jam come and get your love yeah come and get your love come and get your love now <laughs> but yeah that's what like i was like Redbone. i feel like i've heard of these guys and when i was like listening to this song i'm like I feel like I know these guys, but I don't know where. It's Come and Get Your Love. I kind of prefer this song over Come and Get Your Love, but that might be because Come and Get Your Love is played out. I feel like I haven't heard it in a long enough time for me to be like, this is fine. Yeah. But also, I really like this song. No, this is a fucking jam. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's got a funky beat. You can dance to it. Like, I I heard it a few years ago. I'm like, yo, this is going on my fucking Halloween playlist. And I mean... Which queen? Which queen in New Orleans? I mean, how spooky can you get? I want to meet that get? lady. Seriously, can I be that lady? Um, to a point. Okay. You're definitely gonna have to at least. Move I'm gonna to have New Orleans. to kill somebody. <laughs> no killing. I'll get to that. Fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Put a spell on somebody. Yeah. Make someone into a vampire. All of the all of the above. I don't. You're definitely gonna have to turn Bella Lugosi. From the undead back into a vampire. But he's already dead. <laughs> right. But like, 
undead him. You know what? This is just getting more complicated. (laughs) We're going to have to discuss this and figure out the rules. Yeah. We'll get back to you, kids. Redbone has a rich and fascinating story as one of the biggest rock bands whose members are primarily Native American. Right. I also did not know that. I learned a lot just researching (laughs) this one fucking song. Oh, there you go. The band was started by Patrick and Candido Vesquez Vegas, brothers of Yaqui, Shoshone, and Mexican Heritage. They would later recruit members Tony Bellamy and Peter DePoe, also coming from indigenous backgrounds. With this unique group, they decided to call themselves Redbone, which is a Cajun term for a mixed race person. Okay. And actually, I read somewhere that apparently Jimi Hendrix, who had said to have some Native American uh, ancestry ancestry as well, was the one who kind of like really pushed them to say, no, like be really proud of your heritage. You should really push that with your onstage presence and your music. Yeah, definitely. So they would become outspoken about the atrocities that occurred to Native Americans throughout the centuries and become well known for their pride in their heritage. As for the Witch Queen of New Orleans, this is a song about a real life 19th century New Orleans voodoo practitioner named Marie Lavou. We just talked about her in our Misfits episode. I know. Mm. But we didn't go too deep into her story. We didn't go deep into her story. No, we just talked about how the misfits got arrested because they were trying to dig up her fucking bones. Well, you know what? Good luck finding them. <laughs> yeah. I know we said that, but yo, her story is bananas. Yeah. But fucking nanas. But like fascinating. Mm-hmm. She is known as the first and greatest voodoo queen, actually. Many said she was actually two people, a combination of Marie the First and her daughter, Marie the Second. Okay. <laughs> the first Marie started out treating the sick with herbs and eventually began to learn to do the ceremonies and the skills of voodoo. Okay. Um, she would do a lot of like the Saint John the Saint John feasts mm-hmm. um that was were really big in New Orleans. And she would just take she got really well known, especially in her village and in her town of like mm-hmm. Yeah, you fucking go to Marie if you want some shit. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, the voodoo takes a twist. Mm. Her daughter would eventually carry this mantle as well, except she was known to dabble in the darker side, which, of course, angered the Catholics in New Orleans. Oh, no way. This might surprise you. The Catholics got a little angry. Oh, they're so angry. Some believe these women were truly capable of amazing feats of magic for both good and evil. But others would chalk it up to Marie having connections to important folks. Mm-hmm. Just because the the things that they could make happen, people were like, you can't just... What? Has that doesn't just happen. Exactly. There are many interesting enigmas surrounding the Laveau women. Like where they died and where their remains are actually buried. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually even been questioned whether Marie Laveau truly existed. Why? Just because people have told so many stories and have had a hard time, like, identifying her physically. Like, you could talk to one person who would explain her physical look one way and then a person, like, a couple years later would explain it completely differently. Oh, guaranteed that there were imitators who were just bilking people for money. Yeah. And actually, there was a tale of people saying that they saw... They thought they saw her getting younger and they're like, I think she's using, you know, voodoo to youth to euthanize herself. But that's not what I'm trying to say. Euthanate herself. Make herself younger. Yeah. (laughs) 
But this could also be chalked up to her daughter taking her mantle. Yeah. So that makes sense. And then like some people even think like there was a third woman who was like also taking the mantle. This story is really fucking interesting. I just listened to an entire podcast about it. Um, It's called the Haunted Places podcast. Huh. Um, Highly suggest looking up their Marie Laveau episode because it was really fucking interesting. The narrator does a great job explaining the story, making it interesting. Mm hmm. Um, so I highly suggest learning more about her because I think she has a really cool, crazy story. And I think it's great subject matter for the song. You yeah. know, they do a really good job conveying it and paying homage to her and her legacy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the story of Redbone's Witch Queen, Witch Queen, Witch Queen of <laughs> New Orleans. Oh, I can't fucking talk tonight. Eh, it's fine. Is it? I guess. <laughs> Well, we're going to keep going with the witch theme. Oh, fuck. Are we just like, about witches? That's like big theme today. Big theme. Big what? theme is witches. Huh. I don't even think we meant that. We didn't. But, you know, all of these are relatively witchy themed. Yeah, these are pretty witchy. Yeah. So this next one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This Here ne- for it. This next one is uh, Witch Hunt by Rush. still. Vigilantes gather on the lonely torch lit hill. Features distorted in the flickering light. Faces are First of all, how orgasmic is that fucking song? I don't give a fuck. Getty Lee. I love him. Yeah. Fight me. <laughs> I don't know why y'all not, don't like it. I'm not going to fight you. Because there are people who would. And yeah, they're wrong. And I don't fucking get it. Like, why Why so much hate for Getty Lee? I really appreciate I Neil Peart's use of the cowbell here. Oh, and yeah. And I'm not even being, like, taking the piss. I mean it. Like, it's... He's just... His percussion in this song does a really good job of creating atmosphere. And the crazy thing is, is that you can go on YouTube and find his isolated drum tracks on mm. this song. And it's like, oh, oh, this is this is amazing. It's like ama- it's literally amazing. His drums are a song in and of itself. Yeah. Like, God. And not even a song. His drums are an experience yes. in and of themselves. Like, so. God, I'm... Rip Neil Pert, man. Rip, rip, rip. All up and down. I can't. So, yeah. So, this song is off of Rush's absolutely stunning oh. album, Moving Pictures, released in 1981. Already, it has a Halloween-themed title, 
But the song's meaning pertains to even scarier things. Oh, no. Sh- oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, no. The lyrics describe a mob possessed with religious fervor, hunting down someone or someones who are not conforming to their ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just about hunting witches. No, this is about politics and the religious right who are currently hell-bent on creating a Christian conservative state of compliance. Oh, shit. Getty Lee. It's like you were like, I see that Reagan motherfucker uh-uh. over there. Uh-uh. Neil oh, Pert. No. Oh, Neil Pert wrote it. Mm-hmm. Mm, Mr. Pert. Yeah. Pert? Pert. 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 Excuse me. Pert. Pert. Sorry. No, I started it. <laughs> don't fucking come for me on this either. It's Pert. Pert. I, d- I don't know. I don't know. Everybody says it differently. But then there was that bit that you showed me with... Where he actually says his own last name and it's Peart. Peart, yeah. yeah. But that was with, uh, what's their faces? Oh, Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. Yes. <laughs> so cute. That was really cute. Yeah. But anyway, this song. Yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is this song. So, you know, that whole Christian conservative state of compliance, it was prevalent in 1980 and 81 mm-hmm. when this album came out, when Reagan won his seat in the Oval Office, and it's even worse now with the rise of trumpism mm-hmm. this- oh yeah oh god the shots fired neil peart yeah <laughs> peart? Peart. peart yeah i'm not french canadian yeah whatever this is actually the last song in rush's fear series however it was released first why it's a little complicated it was like they had this series of songs that were like the fear series and like rl stein's fear street I guess. <laughs> kind of. Excellent. <laughs> Maybe they were inspired. I don't know. Haunted cheerleaders. <laughs> this whole song's about haunted cheerleaders. <laughs> Not just haunted by like ghosts, but like haunted by losing their virginity. Okay. To Chad. To Chads. <laughs> mm. This is really deep. This is so deep. Good job, Neil. <laughs> so yeah, the other songs were released on subsequent albums which are The Weapon from Signals, mm-hmm. The Enemy Within from Grace Under Pressure, Great song. and Freeze from Vapor Trails. Okay. Each song deals with a component of fear. So Witch Hunt is about how fear can feed a mob mentality. Oh, shit. And The Weapon is about external fears like guns, but also using fear as a weapon of control and et cetera, et cetera. Damn. So this fear series... Was the brainchild of Neil Peart, 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 who was spurred to write them by a random man who said that humans' actions aren't motivated by love or money or whatever, but rather by fear. He's not wrong. He's not, not, He's not wrong. Really wrong. Like fear of hunger, fear of being alone. I'd see fear is number one, but money is a real close number two. Money is definitely a factor. Like a big reason why people kill. Mm. So mm. money and love. You know what? I don't think people do as much out of love as they should. <laughs> How about we just leave it as some people are like, maybe you should do something out of love. Maybe it'd be better. Every once in a while. Or just like kindness. I don't know. Ki- kind? Ki- kindness. Sponge. Sponge. What are you saying? Sponge. <laughs> Just fucking this dude. I know. Goddamn fucking genius. I know. They all are. I can't. Rush is an amazing band. Absolutely. 
Best band. Best band. Maybe not best, but they're up there. So I like that this song is literally about like a a mob hunting down a witch. Mm. Because like get the witch because she's not conforming to what we as a society think you should. Yeah. But also there's this metaphorical and philosophical meaning behind it and like this whole fucking series of songs that spans literally decades because <laughs> vapor trails came out in like 2002 oh shit yeah so it spans like 20 years wake up sheeple <laughs> wake up sheeple <laughs> rush gotta tell you something <laughs> they do and if you gotta listen to anybody listen to rush listen to rush so yeah that's a great song. It's a fantastic song. And it's kind of ooky spooky It's a got bit. some... It, the opening is definitely Whoa, ooks definitely. and spooks. Yeah. And if you want some more ooks and spooks, find Neil Peart's uh, isolated drum tracks. Very... Like, it will blow your mind with like... It blew my mind simply because I'm like, how the fuck do you remember how to play all this? Uh, you know what? I want to have a haunted house where... It's just, just Neil Peart's... It's just Neil <laughs> drumming. fucking drumming. And then I come out of the darkness and just start throwing student loans at the people <laughs> walking through. Like, Tommy, this isn't the most terrible. Fill out your FAFSA! Fill out your FAFSA! You did your taxes wrong. You owe the government. That's not your social security number. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you learn anything from college? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Anyway, um, speaking of learning? Nope. No. No. This is the opposite of learning. This is the opposite of learning. Speaking of having a fun time at home on a Saturday. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> eating fucking cereal and watching cartoons and then playing oh, video games. Fuck, I want to do this. <laughs> anyway, so my next pick is by Perturbder. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out how to say this. It's, it's Perturbder. It's either Perturbator, Perturbator. No, it's I think it's Perturbador. <laughs> anyway. It's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) All right, play the song. I'm done. It's by Perturbator. (laughs) This is Castlevania 3's Clockwork, a cover of a video game tune. a lot to handle all at once ah! it's some beautiful synth wave girl it's okay but like breakdown maybe like take take a look take a take a breather wouldn't that be the breakdown what like isn't the breakdown usually like when it gets real like hype no you gotta break it down no the breakdown is at least in like 
the bridge is where ch- shit like chills out for a hot second. We're talking about different music genres. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the breakdown is when it gets chonky. Yeah, and that's chonky. This is not chonky. It's chanky. <laughs> chanky. Anyway. It's a chanky. So, Perturbator was born. <laughs> Perturbator. <laughs> was born James Kent from Paris, France in 1993. (laughs) It's just one dude. It's a synthwave dude. He actually started out as a guitarist in black metal bands when he was in high school. Oh, well, shit. All right. So I guess if he's French, it's Perturbator. 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 (laughs) Sorry, French people. But in 2012, he moved into electronica music, specifically being drawn into synthwave. And this song is no exception to the rest of his repertoire. Synth-heavy style with an obvious metal influence. I mean, there's definitely, like, that heavy, fast kind of, like... There's some fat guitars in there. Yeah. And, I mean, as the song goes on, too, it's like there's a sweet guitar breakdown. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. He is actually looked at as a pretty big name in the synthwave community, I don't know what that means to anyone if you're not really, you know, into synthwave or horrorwave, but here we are. Okay. He was even in the documentary The Rise of the Synths with John Carpenter as the narrator. So, you know, there's a little clout there. Big deals. Big deals. Yo, John Carpenter cares. John Carpenter also, he he was the one who did all of the music for all of his movies. Yeah. And, and that's um, why Synthwave is like huge now because everyone's like, I got a boner for John Carpenter. But I'm like, also, John it. Carpenter's music is fucking legit. Right. It's great. No, I mean, John Carpenter is fucking it. Yeah. And like, I feel like if you're wanting to have kind of like a spicier, saucier, dancier kind of feel for your party, like just toss like some John Carpenter and a bunch of fucking Synth and Horror Wave on oh, your yeah. playlist. You're good to go. Just put on like the soundtrack to one of his movies. Oh and my god, you'll be you'll be good to go. Just the thing, and then all of you can just stand around and be like, "Ooh, which one of you is the thing?" So as for the song itself that he's covering, it's from a Nintendo game, and I'm going to go into what I'd like to call Nerd Corner. So <laughs> if you guys want to just follow me over here, uh, I'd like to show you my my sweet wallpaper. Um, it's got Mario Party on it. And here's my Nintendo Switch, where we're going to talk about Castlevania 3. Okay. All right. So, NES classic, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. Mm. Even if you're not a video game nerd, I'd be surprised if you haven't at least heard of the franchise. I am not a video game nerd, and I played the fuck out of this game when I was a kid. It's a great fucking game. It is fantastic. Wait, specifically 3? Um, or- I, I, I did Simon's Quest. Oh, you played the worst one? I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it Simon's Quest? Simon's Quest is the second one. It's fucking terrible. Is Wait, why? Because it's just dumb and it's not a good gameplay and the story's terrible. You know what? It's fine. I'm glad you had fun. It was a story? <laughs> Fair enough. I just played a fucking game that looked badass. It. You know what? It did look badass. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, Simon's Quest, obviously, is about Simon Belmont. Whereas Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse is about his son, Trevor Belmont. Or his grandson? I don't know. It's one of his kids. It's a kid somewhere. But it's not a kid. Anyway, How are, I digress. Are we supposed to figure this out by playing the game? Yeah, they usually do like that scroll at the beginning where they're like... Oh, okay. 
and you're like reading like the whole history like Dracula's still alive and you're like oh no we have to beat Dracula again because <laughs> that's every Castlevania game yeah not really look but from games to books to manga to a fucking Netflix show the story of the Belmonts and Alucard are everywhere. You've likely come across it. I've heard the Netflix show is quite good. It is, and it's voiced by uh, the hot, the hot dwarf, the hot dwarf. You know from the Hobbit. Oh, Thor and Oakenshield. Yeah, Richard Armitage. Armitage. Yeah, he can get it. He can. He can one hundred even as a dwarf. Mm, yeah, and he can get it from me. Yeah. <laughs> Just letting you know, Mr. Just Armitage. You know. <laughs> so this song is from the pain in the ass level of the game called The Clock Tower of Untimely Death. And maybe it's just a pain in the ass to me because I'm terrible at video games. Well, you needed the game genie. No, you gotta play it. You gotta play legit, Ashley. No. You need the game genie. Alright, you need the game genie. But the music for this level is a damn jam. So you may not mind having to do it over and over again. But here's some wild (laughs) trivia about the game. And there is a pretty stark difference between the Japanese and the U.S. releases. It's the soundtrack, not the songs themselves, but the production quality of them. Okay. Okay. Bear with me. So the Japanese cartridge contained a VRC6 coprocessor chip which the game's composer, Hidenori Mizawa, helped to create. This chip contained two extra pulse channels and a saw channel, in addition to the usual five channels. All of this combined gave Mizawa the ability to create the sound of synthesized strings, a sound that hadn't been heard on the U.S. Nintendo. Why? Because Japan's better than us. Okay. So I really... Want to just show you the difference? Because, mm-hmm. like, when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, shit. Or maybe you won't. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'll be like, oh, shit. Okay. So this is the U.S. version of this level. Okay. Chiptune Magic. Okay. This is the Japanese version. Here how there's like, there's like extra strings and like, like, it's way cooler and like more depth and there's more levels to it. It's really cool. It's like listening to the Amadeus guy and then Mozart. It's like completely different. Do you mean that guy? Okay. Do you mean the guy in Amadeus? Yes. What's his fucking... Oh, wait, Salieri. Salieri. Oh it's God, like listening to Salieri and then Mozart. Mozart. <laughs> we fucking did it. Finally, we made an Amadeus reference. Oh, fuck. It's taken us way too long, but we fucking did it. Anyway, that's my story. Thank you all for coming well, to my Well, at least they TED didn't talk. fart at the end of it, so better than Mozart. True. Why don't you tell me about your song, Ashley? Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, well, this is a long time coming because I've been meaning to put this band on my playlist, and I just haven't yet for some reason. 
Well, now you're done fucking up. I guess. But this is Hex by The Birthday Massacre. Yeah, I don't listen to Birthday Massacre enough. Oh, you should. They're quite good. They are amazing. Quite good, quite good. Quite right. These <laughs> kids are mellow yellow. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> they're mellow violet, Ooh. if anything. Again, they're aesthetic. Chef's yeah. kiss. But yeah, I seem to be working on a witch theme here. We yeah. both do. To keep it going a little Until bit. I went back to Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> I always, you know what? Dracula's always got me coming back for more, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Not only is this a lovely gothy dance tune, but it's got all the witchy and magical imagery we want for Halloween. Hell yeah. And these guys have been active for over 20 years. First formed in 1999 in Toronto, Canada. And the longest running members of the band include singer Chibi and guitarist Rainbow and Falcor. Adorable. Wow. And most of the original members met at Fanshawe College. I don't know where that is, but I, I assume it's in, it's in Canada. Uh, I'm sure. Originally called Imagica after a Clive Barker novel, they changed their name to the Birthday Massacre to avoid confusion with a Californian death metal band. Oh. Which we've totally heard of before, right? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, we haven't, right? No, we have oh, not. Oh, thank goodness, because I was like, shit, did she talk about them in an episode? Fuck, would have been the death episode? No. Would it have been King Diamond? When the fuck would she talk about that? Never, because we've never heard of them before. <laughs> but I've been a fan of these guys since around that time, like the early 2000s, and I remember they had the fucking sickest website that the early 2000s ever fucking saw their geocities had the sparkly oh. background and like the fun mouse that like had like glitter. oh honey no this wasn't geocities or angel fire this was a flash website Ooh, Ooh it was you had to download the new latest flash drive. it was interactive okay <gasps> Ooh. Like you would hover your mouse over things and like there would be little Easter eggs and hidden objects and stuff and it would play the music as soon as you like got on there. It was so pretty. I can't even imagine what their MySpace looked like. <laughs> I don't know. Did they have a MySpace? I thought every band did. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I didn't look it up. <sighs> I was so mesmerized by their website. And since the beginning, Black and Shades of Violet have been their trademark and for good reason. Rainbow said in an interview, Violet is the color of tragic comedy. We associate it with fantasy and melancholy. These things make up much of the band's lyrical inspiration. Mm -hmm. And Violet is also the sum of two contrasting colors, red and blue. Yeah. And that contrast is also in their band name, taking something happy and light, a birthday. Yeah. And sticking it with something dark and tragic, a massacre. 
you know what? They did it. They did it. <laughs> and literally everything from their first album, which I believe is Nothing and Nowhere, up through now, they just they put out their last album in 2018. Mm. It's called Diamonds. They're still putting out singles, it looked like. Yeah, they're so they're working on a new album as we speak. Excellent. And everything's fucking amazing. Like dancey goth delightfulness. They did I sent you a cover of um the never ending story theme. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Great. That shit's fucking tits. It's so good. It is really good. It definitely went on my covers playlist. Yeah. And there's there's something for everybody in this band, whether you like rock, goth, industrial, dance, electronica. They yeah. have pretty much everything. Yeah. And they just I seem like really that. nice people. I'm sure they're very nice people. Yeah. So fucking get on the the birthday massacre people, they're fucking fantastic. They well, know what, what they're doing. I, what I appreciate, too, is that um, as they have continued on, her voice has matured. Absolutely. Because their earlier stuff is kind of hard for me to listen to. She's a little too nasally, but she definitely yeah. comes into her own and matures a lot, which yeah. I think is great. When she hits high notes in a lot of the earlier songs, it's like, you're, you're stretching your voice. But she definitely, like, through touring and recording and stuff, she's definitely gotten... A lot better, but still, like, their early albums are still really good. Yeah. I'll play you some shit that's, okay. like, yeah, good. You'll I like trust it. you. I like it. I'll like it. You'll like it. Yeah, I'll like it. <laughs> well, okay. I'm kind of going back to witches, but not witches per se. But I'm going Just back goth to- ladies. Goth ladies and New Orleans. Uh-huh. Maybe a fortune teller with Cher's dark lady. Ooh. Two cards. song with well-placed hand claps is good in my book <laughs> you're not wrong yeah. also share but also share i feel bad because the quality of the music wasn't great but i really wanted you to see the video of her and how fucking glamorous she is that's like is it a precursor or postcursor of her Bob Mackie Oscar outfit? I assume it's precursor. I would, uh, yeah, yeah. I, this is precursor. But it's like it's like baby Bob Mackie. Yeah. She looks fabulous. She always looks fucking fabulous. I know. But like, I just like looking at her. extra fabulous. Yeah. She's so sparkly. It, it kind of upsets me that like her whole life she was super insecure because she wasn't like blonde and like pale and beautiful like her sister. Eh. Eh. She's babe. She is a babe, but she like didn't feel that way for a very long time. Who does? <laughs> you know what? Who does? Who does? Honestly. <sighs> What's that like? 
So I just want to start by saying that this song is the titular track off her 11th album from 1974. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I know, this is back in the day where you shit out an album monthly. And, yeah. But like, still, girl got hustle. Yeah. Like, and was it his album? Was it solo. a solo album? Yeah. Damn. Girl. Girl. Work horse. Work fucking horse. This song was written by Johnny Durrell, keyboardist of instrumental rock band The Ventures. He was working on it while touring in Japan and sent it to producer Snuff Garrett, who told... <sighs> yep. Yeah. Snuff. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a nickname, but I, I don't know. He told... <laughs> yeah. He told Johnny to, quote, make sure the bitch kills him in the end. Nice. Appreciate that. Nice. Some would consider this song a murder ballad, despite the sure. woman committing a pretty honest crime of passion. But then again, I thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute. She went into that place with a gun to shoot them. So maybe That was premeditated. premeditated. Right? That was premeditated. So that is a murder ballad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever Cher can do whatever she wants I don't give a shit she can murder anybody and while the composition may seem basic the lyrics are kind of fun they're metaphorical and clever I especially like that line the man you love is secretly true to someone else who is very close to you I just wow. she's like that's deep I don't know if you're making fun of me no I'm not oh okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't tell if you're mean that um yeah no I I don't know why that line always caught me. I'm like, oh, she's clever. Yeah. She's like, I'm not lying to you, mm -hmm. but I'm not telling you it me. <laughs> it not me. Yeah. She's trying to do the shaggy defense right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, all this proof that says it was, in fact, you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and like you said, you the fucking <laughs> hand claps. Yeah. Just love them. You and always get me with a hand clap. You always get me with a hand clap. And the music in general is just like this perfect, like dark minor key. You can tell like bad shit's going to happen from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And just they do a great job in the lyrics of just like creating this atmosphere. You can feel it when you're just listening to it. I feel like this song is very similar in atmosphere to Gypsies, Tramps and Thieves. Mm -hmm. Not just because of like subject matter and but, share and share but i appreciate the fact that back in the 70s when she was you know putting out songs like this that she wasn't afraid to go for a darker theme right and like i don't know really uh embrace that dark lady kind of yeah i think that uh, was image. probably Maybe that was her way of dealing with the fact she's like, well, I'm not a pretty blonde girl, so let me be this, like, mysterious dark lady. Right. I'm going to have to be this, you know, very tan, very svelte, very long black hair kind of, you know. Which, honestly, sexy. Get it, girl. Yeah. Sensual. Mm-hmm. I was here for it. <laughs> but yes, I very much enjoy and adore that song. That's a good one. Been on my playlist for over a decade. Yeah. That's a good one. This one's been on my playlist for a long time, too, and I haven't talked about it. I'm very mad at myself for it. <laughs> well, now we're doing it. Well, now we're talking about it. This is True Dark by Murder by Death. Darkness is the light from a city on fire. True Dark is the knowledge 
that the flames will burn higher. There's nothing in this world you can say that will make me believe. I should follow some fool off a cliff just cause he's in the That's a jam. Oh, yeah. Everything Murder by Death does is a fucking jam. That's a jam. Yeah. I love this band very much. Murder by Death is another band I've been following for the better part of 15 years. And hailing from Bloomington, Indiana, these guys have created kind of an Americana noir sound. Ooh, I like that. That is distinctly their own. Helping them achieve said sound is the addition of cellist Sarah Ballet. Mm. I think it's Ballet. I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. Giving their songs a haunting melancholy or a jaunty melody, depending on the song. <laughs> Excellent. Find you a girl that can do both. They found her. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> They're the kind of band that has a ton of songs that would be great on a Halloween playlist. But True Dark is especially spooky, especially oh. with the ooh. <laughs> you know the backup ghosts the backup the backup spooky ukies that are back there <laughs> and they really lean into the mystical and creepy stuff they do yearly shows at the stanley hotel oh shit a lot of their songs reference folklore and creepier parts of the u.s like the smoky mountains in appalachia Ooh. and singer adam turla's baritone is reminiscent of the more haunting tunes of johnny cash oh yeah yeah, I could see that. Um, in this song, like he doesn't really go like full deep voice, right? But there's some songs where he does, and it's like, "Hello, sir." But you can tell he's in his head voice here, and his head voice is not very high. Yeah, so his baritone must get like super low. Yeah, yeah, which is good. It's definitely, it's you know what? Sometimes it's basement flooded. <laughs> it's great, and Sarah and Adam are a couple and have Ooh. the most adorable dog Yay. whose name is Robocop. <laughs> what? I love it. Which you can find on their Instagram and he is the cutest fucking dog and like I can't not mention it. Maybe it's a robot dog. Maybe. And they're getting all of us. They're like, oh, well, let's call it Robocop. No one will ever know it's a robot dog. He's really cute. They'll be distracted. Yes. From the fact that he's a robot dog. We are a yeah. robot family. Beep boop. <laughs> Beep boops. That's and all the that real shit. terror. Yeah. But this song in particular is just fan fucking tastic. But like their uh albums in Boca Alupo and Red of Tooth and Claw, fan fucking tastic. Mm. And how long have they been around? Like at least oh, 15, boy. 20 years. They've been around for almost almost 20 years between 15 and 20 years yo but they're like the kind of band that really thrives on touring Mm -hmm. um they don't necessarily they're not on any fucking billboard charts or any of that shit but like most people who are worth it are not exactly and um they do a lot of their best work when they're touring Mm. and they do that a lot also adam and sarah own um like a really nice uh pizza shop in Aww. lexington i think it's lexington kentucky oh. where they live I was now like Lexing- i was like lexington is that like 
Connecticut. <laughs> Kentucky, my dear. <laughs> oh, it's been a day. It's been a week. Mm. I don't know what places are anymore. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That is something for me to look into. Oh, they have plenty for you to look into, too. I can direct you as if you want me to. Yeah, I'm at a point where it's just like I'm pretty much either listening to my Halloween playlist or goth playlist on the daily at this point. Truly so. and honestly, even if you get sick of your own Halloween playlist, just fucking put Murder by Death on and That's, you will. It is the perfect soundtrack for October. That's kind of what I was thinking. Absolutely. Mm, I like that. Even if their songs aren't spooky or anything, it's like they have this this rich atmosphere of haunting melancholy it's fantastic they're a great band to listen to when you want to go check out some dead leaves yeah put them on when you're just walking around a fucking cemetery when you're leaf peeping doing your peeping leaves yeah dead leaves (laughs) that's what this band's all about (laughs) speaking of dead things oh okay not quite maybe i don't know depends on where you want to go close so my final song for today is a lovely little song by the Greenskeepers called Lotion. And this I can has only imagine what it's about. Nothing to do with anything we have talked about so far today. <laughs> but it does have something to do with my favorite movie. Evoking visions of my favorite casserole. And if I eat your heart, I'll also bite your soul. And when I'm done with that, I'll use your skull. Because at the end of the song, they they just start going, going, it puts the lotion in the fucking basket. (laughs) When was this released? Yo, so that's what's wild about this. I just heard the song like a year ago, right? But I had no idea that this is an indie band from like 20 years ago. Because I feel like I've heard this song before and I was like really into it for a hot second and then immediately forgot forgot about it. That's fair. Yeah, no, this uh, song, I think, came out in, like, 2006. Okay. It was, like, the mid-aughts. Okay. Maybe I was in college, and I yeah. heard it. Yeah, you easily could have And I was like, this is a been. fucking hilarious song. I've so never seen funny. I've never seen Silence of the Lambs before, but oh. this is hilarious. <laughs> and then what? I saw Silence of the Lambs, like, I don't know, eight years later. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a great comedy. <laughs> <laughs> But also still completely forgot about the song. That's fair. Well, I've reintroduced you. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. Welcome back, Cotter. Glad to be here. Thank you. (laughs) So there's not too much on this band, but they did also do a cover of Huey Lewis and the News' I Want a New Drug in the stylings of Nine Inch Nails' Closer. I need to play this for you because it's... You sent this to me. Oh my God. Why did I fucking... No, No, not last night. 
You know what? We drink a lot and apparently dumb things live rent free in our minds. So I, I might have found this. I'm just conflating all of the really awesome mashups that we've recently discovered. Oh, yeah. No, I've de- Oh, you're thinking of I can't go with that mix with closer. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. That's of. a legit mashup. This is like a, a like an inner styling. Yes. Which is really fun. Okay. I, will pl- I will play this for you. It's great. Okay. But also, I thought this was fun. The song Low and Sweet was voted number 24 in the 50 best songs in the year on a radio station in England hosted by John Peel, the dude yeah. who played <laughs> Bauhaus's first song. And now we've come full circle, oh, motherfuckers. Well, shit. I know. It's wild. How does John Peel? <laughs> John Peel, how do you do it? How? Let us know. Lotion is off. Yeah. Lotion's off their 2006 sophomore album, Pleach. And it reached number 90 in Australia. So I hope Silence of the Lambs was as big a movie over there <laughs> as it was here. Or, or else it's just a nonsensical weird song yep. that everyone in Australia you know, seems it, to like. It is a it's a bop, though. Yeah. Like, he's got a good voice. It's good instrumentation. It's got a good melody. Can can jam her fingers to it. Yeah. In case you don't know horror movie or pop culture... And let me tell you what this song is about. In the 1991 classic horror film, Silence of the Lambs, there is a character named Buffalo Bill. This man abducts women and eventually murders them, carefully so as not to damage the skin, as he's trying to put together a woman's suit. So, like, he mm. starves them and makes them constantly put lotion on to keep it to keep supple, it supple mm-hmm. and, like, nice and good so when he takes it off of you... It still looks good. Mm. I don't think that's how that works. I don't know. But you do you, Buffalo Bill. Maybe don't do you. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say it. Don't do you, Buffalo yeah. Bill. In the book and film, the characters argue that Buffalo Bill is not transgender. And they called it, quote, transsexual back then because it was the 90s. Right. But he believed that he was. Like mm-hmm. he was trying to be transsexual. Even though he wasn't really. Okay. There was definitely a disconnect to the transgender community back then. And like now we're more in touch with it now. However, he was also based on several serial killers. like Including Ed Gein. Ed Gein, Jerry Brudos, mm-hmm. fucking Ted Bundy. The list goes on. It's It was like... His styling of capturing women, the way he would, you know, use the body parts, Mm -hmm. uh, how he fucking uh, disposed of the bodies. And tried to preserve Exactly. So it it, it was taken from a lot of different serial killers. I don't know how Buffalo, how you can, I guess they're doing it in the Clarice show. I should watch some of it because I'm curious how they're kind of approaching Buffalo Bill's character. Oh, now? Because, mm. I mean, a lot like, of the trans he... community doesn't like, like, feels that it portrays them in a negative light, which, fair. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's not great. It's hard enough for the trans community as it is. Right. You don't really need to have a trans uh, serial killer character in mm-hmm. any any show, really. It's not going to help anybody. No. But then I guess, too, then they keep saying he's not trans, but he thinks he is. But then also, too, if you watch the show Hannibal, they were gay as fuck. So I don't know. You know what? I don't know anymore. But also, there were plenty of male serial killers 
who would do things that were similar to that and were not gay and were not trans. Yeah. So it could just be a dude that wants to have a, a woman's suit because he feels like he needs one. Yeah. It's it's all fucked. Who knows how the fucking mind works sometimes yeah, i mind's guess fucked i do but also still, like just like, don't make don't make them don't, don't do make, it don't make them trans and also don't like kill people oh i was just period. yeah i was i was <laughs> just, just, the don't let's just not kill people just don't kill people yeah. but i i can't help it i still stand by it silence of the lambs is one of my favorite fucking horror movies of all time mm. and the whole chorus of it puts the lotion on the skin or else he gets the hose again is a classic line that buffalo bill says to the yeah. chick that she he has captured at this point yeah that's in the movie. pretty much how everybody knows Silence of the Lambs yeah. is that quote. Yeah. Yeah. So our last our last entry in our Halloween for our last dark list entry is uh, Lucretia My Reflection by Sisters of Mercy. want to go to goth night don't I just, you i just want to goth out now that i'm like really forever. looking at your whole playlist I'm like you just really want to go to goth night don't it you it was really goth this year wasn't it it really was but also i really want to go to goth night but i want them to play all of the songs that i want to hear we just need to become goth djs i don't want to do that all right i'll do <laughs> That's it work. That's i'll work. do it but yeah this song is fucking fantastic no this is a great jam right i like it Again, like, it just makes me want to put on all my black and just, like, go to goth night and, and slowly sway back and forth with, like, a glass of wine in my hand and make fun of all the motherfuckers there. Yeah, that's exactly what make I Make fun of do. everybody who's just dry humping on each other there. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking love this. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Fucking COVID. Can't let me do this anymore. COVID's just stopping um, me. I hate it. Yeah. Aside from this being an industrial goth anthem and by default perfect for Halloween times, word the subject matter is one not often referenced in music. So the overall theme about this is like war and the destructiveness of war. Oh. But it's also in relation to something historical. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous the main dude in sisters of mercy is andrew eldritch Mm -hmm. and he wrote this song for bandmate patricia morrison whom he described as a lucrezia borgia type person okay that's cool so let me give you a quick and dirty rundown of lucrezia borgia yeah do that she was a Spanish-Italian noblewoman born in 1480. Mm. She was the bastard child of Rodrigo Borgia, who became Pope Alexander VI in 1942. Okay. And this was a time when the Catholic Church was fucked 
up. Mm, like was like OG fucked up. Ooh. Like rampant just I'm a fuck everybody and it don't matter. Like the pope couldn't get married, but he could fuck anybody he wanted to and have as many fucking kids as he wanted to. You know, I don't hate that. It's fine, but How like How many children did the pope molest? Mm, yeah. It's like a different kind of fucked up, right? Like I'm just like if you just let a priest fuck, we might have less child touching. Just let him fuck. There's no reason why they can't fuck. I said it. I stop touching kids. I just, just stop. T- don't murder and stop touching kids. Yeah, basically. So she was married off to her first husband to secure a military alliance, but then her brother Juan was murdered, so her marriage was annulled on the grounds that she was still a virgin. But danger ops, she was a brigante with the child of some Spanish fuckboy. Oh, shit! So the family tried to play it off like the kid was actually her older brother Cesar's, But that just created a whole bunch of incest rumors between her and her brother and her and her father. Because we didn't have the internet back then. So, like, they just had to create this shit because... You know what? Entertainment. You know what? It probably would have been worse with the internet. They would make like, it's the Illuminati Satan's incest baby. All of the above. Yes. So, honestly, it's not worse. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. So then she married a second time this time for love but then her husband mysteriously turns up stabbed near her father near his father-in-law's home he survives and names cesar his attacker only to be mysteriously strangled while recovering who could have done it i don't know was it was it lucretia it was her reflection <laughs> <laughs> so so this is like the girl in the band how I'm not even done yet. Oh, my goodness. So she was only like 20 years old by the time her second husband dies. So she married a third time and flourished in her new role as Duchess of Ferrara in Italy's northern hills. Even though she dedicated herself to Christianity towards the end of her life, she was dogged by rumors of incest and rampant poisonings that she would administer with the help of a hollowed out ring. So all in all, a compliment to Patricia Morrison, I guess. You're the Ferrari Duchess. <laughs> the Ferrero Rocher Duchess. <laughs> the Duchess of Ferrero Rochers. I mean, honestly, that is a compliment. All the Ferrero Rochers that you could possibly imagine forever and always. Fill up a Ferrari with Ferrero Rochers. <laughs> Merry so, birthday. Yeah. So I first i guess for some reason he thought that maybe she was a tragic figure that was dogged by rumors her entire life i don't really know maybe he just thought like you're real pretty maybe (laughs) (laughs) but also like lucrezia borgia was also a fucking badass that ruled like very very well Mm. she was the governor of wherever the fuck she lived um ferrari but it wasn't that it was like the the like municipality of that or something like that. I don't know how Italy fucking worked in the 15th century. Here, but, why not? <laughs> but um she she was very well respected after she married her third husband and third was Third times the charm. And she really ruled very nicely. <laughs> she ruled nicely. nicely. 
and people respected her. Good for you, Lucretia. Yeah. But Tell she, your reflection to stop murdering people. But everyone though. was like, you know, yeah, she's doing a real good job while her husband's away, you know, ruling us and everything. Mm-hmm. But did you hear that she fucked her fucking brother? And she's just like, fine. Have a Ferrero Rocher and <laughs> shut your mouth. Have some chocolate and shut up. <laughs> and that's the story of Lucretia, my reflection. Mm. Thank you all for coming to our TED Talk. Indeed. But also, Sisters of Mercy yeah. is just a great goth band. <laughs> Floodland is a fucking amazing album. I believe it. It's really good. More to add to my goth playlist. Indeed. Well, shit. These were all great picks. Yeah. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Pat, pat, good pat, job, pat, us. Pat, pat, pat. We did it. Thank you all so much for listening. And we love you and appreciate you. And hopefully we have added to your Halloween playlist, giving y'all something to think about. We've added to mine, that's for sure. As well as mine. Indeed. I like that. All right. You know what? Fuck it. At least we get to walk away with some good shit. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Again, thank you all for listening. Uh, If you want to listen to more of our bullshit, we have plenty of episodes at our website, rockcandypodcast.com. And over there you can... Find our episodes. You can also send us an email if you would like. Or Get angry about our views on Misfits. Or, you know what? Call us witches again. That's nice. <laughs> Honestly, that made me feel... That was like a... I needed that compliment. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> literally empowered me. Like, I just opened my mouth and, like, energy vampired the the energy from that yes. comment into my like, soul. Yes, I am a 50-year-old witch. I am. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Finally, some recognition around here. <laughs> uh, so there you can uh, get uh, links to our social medias or our Tee Public store and buy some merch, merch, merch. Or you could leave us a review somewhere and call us witches again. That'd be great. That's also another way you could compliment us. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Also, next week, we're not here. Big, big important news. We're not going to have an episode next week because... Sorry. Um, we're sorry, but also, like, we're doing shit. So well, very our, close friends of ours are our, getting married. Our lovely friends are getting married, and we're in the wedding. Yay! And guess what? We can't do everything. I know <laughs> so. this might surprise everyone, but, yo, working full-time and working second jobs... And being in a wedding. It's just a lot. It's been a lot. And instead of... It's been fucking stressful, guys. So, like, we need a break. Right. So, instead of, like, giving y'all a half-assed episode, we're just going to give you a way better episode at the beginning of November. Indeed. Yes. So, we're taking a week off. Sorry about that. Wish our friends a very happy wedding, please. Yes. And, uh... Be prepared for an awesome episode on first week of November. Yeah, it's going to be good. Be a very good one. I think a long time coming. Yeah. Somebody that absolutely needs to be talked about. Yep. Way more than they are. Yep. We're doing it. Pulling it off. But until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. And before you all go, I would like to just say, in these trying times of our most hollowed and sacred season. I just want to make sure that everyone is remembering to dig through all the dishes, burn through all the witches. And maybe slam? Slam. Slam, slam in the back. Of my... Dragula! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs>